dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce, and we just come from a cracking round 20 of AFL footy. It's coming to the business side of things, Pez. The end of the season, and the AFL has delivered the quality games, some upsets along the way. Teams really making uh, finals, making some finals noise, Pez. It's round 20, loving footy at the moment. Yeah, the, the biggest thing I want to speak about is uh, the Sunday game, actually. It was Richmond versus Brisbane. And it's first cab off the rank here, Source, and, and Brisbane came out on fire, kicked the first six goals and just dominated the Tigers on the MCG. Yeah, they looked looked to beat that hoodoo pairs. Haven't won there in a, like ten years or whatever it is, and uh, they're up by forty two points midway through the second quarter. Uh, they looked fantastic. You know, um, Danaher was kicking goals. They had McCluggage who was absolutely on fire. Uh, they they looked unreal. They looked like no one was going to beat them. And finally, they hit the right. Uh, you know, coming into finals pairs, they've hit the the runway. They they're lining up. They they're getting ready for a big finals campaign. And then. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and what happened? But Jesus. Richmond just uh, were able to turn it around. Now Shea Bolton, uh, the biggest X X factor, biggest one of the biggest superstars in in the AFL. And uh, I'm reading a lot on Twitter that not a lot of fans uh, like him for who he is and his personality and his, his his quirkiness there. But him as a footballer and solely as an AFL footballer, I love watching him play and and get about his business. And he led that Richmond midfield and forward line uh, to a comeback. Why, why don't they like him? I uh, think he's a bit of a dickhead. I reckon. Well, I love him. I think he's <laughs> exciting to watch. I think that he, um, you know, has the potential to be an absolute elite superstar. And you know, it's very Cyril Rioli like Pez can take the game on and do some amazing things. And when he's up and about, I you know liken it to when we're watching that North Melbourne game. Pez, he just seems to just pop up and make amazing things happens. And man, if you don't like that, you don't like football. Oh yeah, well, I loved it. And the biggest thing I loved was. Uh, what did he do? He shown the ball to the, the Carlton, oh, the old, uh, Carlton Nathan, fans. Nathan Brown, the old turn. And, uh, so I think, I think a lot of Carlton supporters were the ones I was reading on Twitter that oh. you don't really like him yeah, because if of I was a incident. If I was a Carlton's fan, I wouldn't be talking this week after their performance against Adelaide. But uh, I'm sure we'll get onto that, Pez. But you know, the, the moment when Richmond really looked uh, that they'd taken control was when Daniel Rioli's uh, chase down tackle on, on Charlie Cameron. And what's that, three and a half minutes in the third quarter? And that was the moment, Pez. And that is absolutely came from there. Young uh, rising star nomination this week Noah Cumberland he he's amazing Pez heard a, heard a story about him this week he used to be a, a stonemason he did yeah he used to just be dropped out of school at 14 and uh, just worked on his footy and picked up worked, a trade and he would have worked his ass off uh, yeah. from 14 would have, would have really <laughs> quite a career Pez but he looked amazing out there five goals great pick up for him their, their forward line was really functioning Richmond Cumberland had five Lynch had four Bolton as you said two Rewalt two and yeah, what what happened to Brisbane Pairs? Like this hoodoo that they talk about, that can't be the reason that they threw away a forty-two point lead. We know that um, we know Bailey went down uh, midway through that second. He he was uh, a key piece to one of the reasons that they turned it around. But it it's got to be a mental thing, Brisbane, and this is not what you want to see three weeks out from finals, Pairs. Oh uh, no, it's definitely not what you want to see. Like, um, it was a big turnaround, and everyone thought. Brisbane are finally here. They haven't won in the MCG for a really, really long time. A lot of people were tipping Richmond just for that uh, that thing. And then at quarter time, people were going, oh, shit, I've stuffed up here uh, in my tipping. But Mitch Robinson, he had a chance with a pretty simple set shot, you would say, 
uh, I think it was in that third quarter there, just to steady the ship a little bit and uh, missed over to the left. And uh, he actually apologised for it on on Twitter after the game. And usually when they play at the MCG, which isn't very often, Robbo will actually get on Twitter and apologise for the team's performance. But maybe the Twitter apology needs to stop and uh, they need to just perform. They, They did perform, got up by 40 points or whatever it was. They just need to steady the ship and, and go from there and, and try and get that W. Cement top four. They they might have stuffed their whole season with that. Yeah, there's something that you and I have um, definitely talked about over the last couple of years, Brisbane's performance in finals. But the business end of the season, their list is there, Pez. Their, their window is open. This what should have been a routine win. They should have put their season, you know, the top four chances alive. They put a, should have put Richmond's season basically to bed. And a 42-point lead by a top four side should result in a, a win. And don't care if you win by 10 points or 100 points, but it should always result in a win. Now, one thing I need to talk about with this. Now, the score review system, over the weekend in round 20, a, a lot of calls were right source, and they had a really good week down in the bunker or whatever they want to call it. Uh, there was a there was a kick uh, from the Brisbane team, and, and it went, you know, over, over the head, and it looked like it went through the goals. The umpire called a touch behind. They've gone for the score review, and the umpires called it, and the, umpire, the goal umpire said, I think it's going to be behind. And then um, they reviewed it, it was clearly over the line for a goal. And then the umpire, the field umpires, turned around and gone, it's a free kick to Noel Bolter for a push-out. What happened there? It was very interesting, Pez, because what were they looking for? Like, what, what, why did it come so late? What, what were they looking for? I, I couldn't understand it. Was this the umpire watching on the screen and going, I missed the free kick. I'm just going to pay the free kick to Bolter. That's what it looked Is like. Is that what it was? That's what it really looked like. Because if it was, I don't think in the rules of the game you can actually do that. No, you can't. You can't. It's you only for a, review. It's a score review. It's either a goal or a behind. Yeah. You can't just pluck a free kick out or go, oh, yeah, this guy blatantly was in a headlock, so we have to give him a free, free kick. No, Bolter, yeah, he he acted a bit. He's a shooting stars meme now as well because <laughs> he got pushed out. And uh, did you see the shooting stars? Yeah, I did. It's one of the best ones. It's one of the, the best memes. The best around. one I've ever seen because um, all Richmond's close losses yeah. was them kicking <laughs> Noah Bolter through the coals <laughs> with the thing. But um, I, I was flabbergasted. I, I didn't know what to think. I didn't actually know what happened. There was no explanation. The commentators had no idea. Well, and that's the thing, Pez, is that it looks like a decision got made. And, you know, with the score review, normally when they go back and they they talk to it over the screen, they're like, you know, score review, umpires call, or it's clearly you can see this. And then it just sort of went, uh, no, nothing. No explanation. No real explanation at all. And everyone was left asking questions. That shouldn't happen. Usually there's there's the shitty graphic on the the big screen with the ball. It's a (laughs) ball. When they've already said it in the microphone anyway. I just love the the guy on there gets on there serious Sam and it's like uh, after a close review either you can see the ball has clearly been touched and you look at me like how can you see that through the pixelated uh, seven degrees how are the cameras still <laughs> so bad like like I can on my phone pairs I can watch second division Russian uh, ping pong in H H high D. You watch it in 4K if watch you want. Watch it 4K if I want on my phone while I'm at the footy and still get a better view of a score review. Like, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's 2022, guys. AFL, come Just on. You're a billion-dollar company. I can, I, can, I can watch the game on Foxtel in four different versions, but I can't get at the game a good view of whether the ball is being touched or not. Oh, I, I don't understand. But, but my, my favourite one, though, Pez, before we get on the score review, 
my favorite footage that they show is behind the behind the scenes, like you know, behind the ball camera where they've got like this camera, <laughs> like someone shot it from the the top, like a peeping in the bushes. You know, when they say like you know when Barry uh, Barry Hall threw those couple of punches, and they was like, oh, you know, there's footage from behind the play, and you look at it, it's like. What creep is standing there with their with their iPhone four <laughs> sitting in the bushes, <laughs> so pixelated? And then they have to like get like the Mister Squiggle line out and they circle it because you can't see anything else. Like, oh, that's that's where he hit him. Yeah. What are yeah. they doing AFL? <laughs> oh, I don't, get, get I some good some good cameras up. I don't know what you're doing, common AFL like uh, ten blokes holding it. iPhones. You'd be able to get a better angle than the one they're doing out there at the moment. But uh, in saying that, Brisbane still equal points with Sydney for fourth, but they could have been. Uh, Third and equal equal second there, source and they're going to maybe cost themselves definitely a home final first up. But can they make the top four? Is is another question. Uh, I mean, it had to be crucial for them, Pez, for them to win a home to them to get a home final. Considering they've lost what fifteen of the last seventeen, uh, sorry, sixteen of the last seventeen at the MCG, they've lost the last fifteen straight in Melbourne. Like it's concerning for them. Um, but it's not only that, Pez. They're actually gone um, five from five away from home. So five of their six losses have actually come away from the Gabba. So that it's so crucial for them to get a home final just for confidence and a double chance well. needs to be as well but like they've basically kissed that goodbye with that, with that disappointing loss yep. now Richmond could be in the 8 if they didn't draw with Fremantle and they actually got over the line the week before but their percentage doesn't matter with the draw source so if the teams fall over and they get a couple of wins towards the end of the season they can still fight for the 8 so their season actually stayed alive with that massive comeback uh, some other games we, we need to talk about we need to talk about Melbourne's performance because uh, Fremantle were odds-on favourites to win on Friday night at home and Melbourne just gave them an absolute bath, ended up winning by 46 points over their source. Do you know what's funny, Pez? It ended up being an absolute bath, but early on in that game, they whilst the score didn't show that way, they just dominated them. Fremantle have lost a bit of that offensive uh, thrill that they had earlier in the year, and they went back to their defensive game again. And those short kicks, and, and it just it became undone so quickly for for Melbourne. They had sixty to forty inside fifties. Melbourne just piled it on over it was, and over and it was over the Melbourne, again. Melbourne of old, uh, it was from twenty twenty one when they could hit the hit the short kicks and not have that pressure because Fremantle were trying to to zone or whatever they were doing at Optus Stadium and trying to bring that. A real defensive gameplay, which works really well against a team that gets caught out and kicks a ball long down the line. But Melbourne were able to pinpoint, 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 get inside that forward 50 and actually score pretty heavily in the end uh, against the Fremantle side that have uh, had a couple of big wins, you know, in Melbourne, had a couple of bad losses, had the draw against Richmond. Uh, but a lot of people with premature calls earlier in the year source on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, Fremantle, Premiership contender now, Fremantle, Premiership contender. They have never been in, on my Premiership radar this year. Uh, yeah, they can Who, win Melbourne? games at Fremantle. Oh, Fremantle. They can win games at home and things like that, but they're not experienced enough to, to go into a final. Rory Lobb is your main forward in a final. No, thank you. Well, was he was he playing on Friday night? Was he? Oh well, you could see his see his hair, couldn't you? Tell you what though, dollar five, dollar five sports bet had him right to kick a goal. Did they? Dollar five. five. You should never ever take well, like, dollar five. Why would anyone ever take that? Like, yeah, you're right, Pez, and and uh, that's where the talks are about you know Luke Jackson obviously going over there. Like he's more of a more of a ruckman that they're getting yeah, for, but, but, they're, they're but they they haven't they haven't forward, but they haven't had a forward since Matthew Pavlich, Pez. Like they, they need someone down there, and that is the, the, the that is the biggest thing that they need to, to have. And obviously the Fife out. What's happened to Tabernacle? We just can't get a kick, mate. He's just been, just out of form. 
He's getting locked down every week because because they're so one dimensional. With Fife in there, when they put Fife in there, and he, that, that smaller forward, at least it adds it up a little bit more flow in there. But but the problem is, Pez, that when the the going gets tough, they go back to their defensive mindset. You know, like in, in a loss by forty points, Pez, they had sixty more disposals than Melbourne. Right, six, yeah. 60 more disposals. That shouldn't happen in a 40-point loss. Little meaningless disposals in the back line trying to, trying to go forward but, but with like, their But, but they're, they're meaningless swinging pairs because they've got no forward entry. They've got no structure. Like, Tabernard is a one-dimensional player. He's a straight lead. He's the old, um, you know, plug-a-locket. That one, one-dimensional league. He's not a great overhead mark. He just runs at the ball. Lobby, outside of his hair, mate, there, there's nothing really going upstairs at all. He doesn't move around. He seems to not move off the ball. At least when they had Fife in there, he sort of runs around and creates that midfield and create something for him but they never stand alone stand alone forward there Walters hasn't done much this year you know their, their best forward in the last last month has been Frederick oh Frederick always pops up for a goal always pops yeah, up. and he loves it um yeah with uh, a couple of other players like Sarong uh stepping up in the midfield their midfield is very very good they've got Brayshaw in there who's having an absolute stellar season Sean Darcy is the ruckman but they just don't have uh, that both ends t- uh, type thing. They've got uh, Griffin Logue, who they've tried to play up forward, who's looked promising at stages, but his goal kicking uh, is to be thing. Now, you've mentioned Plugger, and I can't not say it. I was actually watching some highlights of Tony Lockett kicking goals, and his goal kicking style is one of the most perfect things you'll ever see. One, two, three, four steps, bang, kick. You watch some of the AFL forwards here that, that run in. I'm not talking about Ben Brown running in for two minutes. <laughs> I'm talking about some other players who run in, they drop the ball from different heights every time. Just you got to keep it simple. Wayne Kerry goes on about it all the time on Triple M, and anytime he gets a gig on Fox and doesn't get told to shut up when he's talking, uh, basically about the drop, and it's all about the drop. And you're right, Pez. The do you know what baffles me in the AFL when we're, we're having players line up is they're going to line up, they're looking at the clock, gets down to that ten second, and they're not doing a, a Noah Bolter or anything. They spin the ball. Yeah, how do you, okay, how, do can you how can you line up the ball like you know? You don't have to keep it as straight as Ben Brown no, does. Speaking about Ben Brown you, again, you don't. But like they they're going in and spin the ball around, and you're trying to get you know the old diamond technique when you way you were taught to kick the footy when you were younger. You go through the hourglass sort of thing. That can't be good for having consistency on that drop, and it's a huge issue. And too many steps, too many steps, and too many forwards. Really grinds my gears. They're getting too close to the man on the mark. Way too close. And then they're not. It's not getting touched or anything. But they're missing to the right or missing to the left because they're too close to the man on the mark. They realise it too late and go from there. Yeah, but goal kicking wasn't what, what wasn't what no. uh, was made this loss pairs. And if anything, the goal kicking from Melbourne, everything. Melbourne just flicked a switch, Pez. And, and I know that we say that teams can't really flick a switch, but Melbourne went into this game. They were under you know, a little bit of pressure because they haven't had a great form. They were amazing. Viney got back to his best. Petrarca was amazing. Brayshaw. And Oliver was tagged out of a game, Pez. I don't know why more teams don't do that, but they, their forward line was functioning. You know, Fritz, Fritz looked like he could do no wrong. They had Pickett. He, look, Pickett looked like he was going to kick seven or eight in that first quarter. He was everywhere. Look, and they don't have a superstar big forward. Well, they don't need a big centre like forward, but no. They've shown that they can win the premiership like that before, and they're going to try and win it again in Melbourne this year. Speaking now, of superstars, though, Pez, okay. speaking before we finish, just uh, David Mundy. Yes, yes. Yeah. Has he been tapped on the shoulder or something? For people who don't know, he's oh. been uh, been he's retired effectively at the end of the season. Yeah, what is he, 36, 37 years old? 37, like yeah. 37's very old for an AFL footballer, but um, I did have an inkling earlier in the season that in interviews that David Mundy did over in WA that he was looking to play again for even another season, but uh, a strange time to call time when, when you your last, team just last, had a well, massive loss and you 
I don't know if you're competing or not. Are I mean, he was, he was in contention last year for an All-Australian Pez. Like, you know, he's, he'd probably be one of their, I don't know if he's probably their best Fremantle player of all time. You probably have, you know, Fife in there, you know. Pavlich. Pavlich. But he's played 300 and, what, 60? Hazelby. 360, 360, no, 360, what was it? What was the... Uh, the Blondie, Waterhouse. <laughs> Clive Waterhouse, yep. <laughs> 369 games, you know, 159 uh, goals. He, he's, you know, been the captain once for a year. <laughs> he's won the Ross Lillian Medal once. Uh, Rising Star nominee in 2000 and, uh, 2005. He's, he's just a clubman. And Great he, clubman. He's a, a really good kick, and he's one of those older players that just... Oh, he's, not, he's not a good kick. He's, a, he's an elite Oh, kick. he doesn't miss a target, and it, like... You just love to see it because these days, you know, players can kick both sides. They're really, really skillful. But just that execution of skill within a game, David Mundy, wow, and he set shots for goal as a, as a midfielder, winning games off his own boot was amazing. So uh, shout out to David Mundy. Hopefully he does well. He gets to play in the finals. Hey, he'll, play, he'll play next year, Piers. He fits right into Geelong's game plan. He's at right <sighs> age bracket, 37, right sort of age bracket. Yep, just go he's, to the he's, retirement he's, home He's from Seymour, so he want to go back home to Geelong. Yep. <laughs> have, a, have, a, have a pub down there and go from there. Now, uh, something I was wrong about last week's source was um, the Collingwood-Port Adelaide game. Now, I thought Port Adelaide were in great stead to, to come up and, and win were. a game against Collingwood, who had won nine straight by not very big margins, and they've been escaping uh, different games every single week, and they've been able to... You know, get the get all the close game wins, and they finished second last last year's source, and they sit third on the ladder after round twenty, and it absolutely amazes me with their list. So uh, they did well; they won by a goal in the end, uh, which was a, a comfortable goal, more comfortable than the four point win against Essen in the week before. But uh, Port Adelaide did a lot wrong there and and weren't able to get over the line. I mean, they had a lapse uh, for about 10 minutes of the third quarter pairs and that summarised their season because they had a lapse in the, the first six games of the season and that ruined their season. They, they let them get ahead of them. They let the, the Collingwood Army sort of, uh, you know, really influence the, their, their, uh, their team by just running gun pairs. They had a couple of lucky bouts. Oh, excuse me. Just, there's the uh, sponsor coming back up there, Jess. The, the old Jamison and, and, and yeah, the triple distilled Ooh. Irish whiskey here. Uh, yeah, it's got a, got a bit of bite to it. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> what, are we, what are we looking at? It's a premium serve source, 6.3% alcohol, uh, 1.9 standard. Apologies for the little bit. <laughs> when they got up and running, Pez, um, Port Adelaide didn't have an answer. And if you look at what their, their midfield w- did during those times, is they did nothing. Uh, they needed to put Boke back up into that midfield a lot earlier because. You know, whilst he is, you know, the old soldier, he's in probably he's the career best form Boke at, at age thirty three or whatever it is. They they continually put him out elsewhere around the ground and to try and create, you know, some more options for them. But they need to put him in there because that's when they they lost the game. They, they about ten minutes since that third quarter. Yeah, well, they had 80, 80 plus disposals put Adelaide, and this is what you speak about. But Collingwood were able to be more efficient, able to you know get those kind of goals, and uh, it's hard at the MCG against a, a Collingwood. Collingwood fans who are... When they get up and going, Pez. Up and about, doing the Collingwood chant uh, early, probably again, in the in the second quarter when they took the lead back after Port Adelaide got out to a four-goal four lead. And uh, credit credit where credit's due. Collingwood able to get over the line and able to do it. And uh, are they able to do it in finals? I don't think so. I don't I don't think they're a, a top-four team. I, I don't even know if I'd rate them as a finals contender, but wouldn't it be great to see a, a, an elimination final, at least, Collingwood versus Carlton or... Or something along the lines of that. So you get one of those teams out and the, the fanfare at that game and the noise would be absolutely unreal. It would be, Pez. And, um, you know, 
They've got to do it in finals. They've got to, they've got to be able to win. But for them, uh, the massive jump from last year, bottom four to top four, it's a huge story. And you know they, they probably will come undone this week against Melbourne, who are hitting form at the right side. But it's going to be an absolute cracker Friday night. 100,000 at the MCG for sure. The Collingwood fans, you know, 10, 10, 10 straight is, is no small feat, even though they have been playing some of the bottom feeders. Be careful if they get 11 straight here. and Because uh, if they beat Melbourne at the MCG on Melbourne, Friday night. And, and that'll, uh, that'll lock up a top four spot. Home cut, final. Say goodbye to Colour TV because it's coming back to black and white uh, this week and the rest of the season if Colin would get up. It would definitely will be Pez. And talking about, you know, if they don't get up, uh, what about Port Adelaide, Pez? So, obviously, they, they have to be one of the most disappointing sides this uh, this season. Them and probably Essendon, maybe the Bulldogs, teams that had such a successful season last season to really drop away. Ken Hinckley, he's been at the club uh, since 2013. He's made, what, two prelims? Three prelims? Maybe that's about it. Maybe, maybe a little bit more? He uh, had the maybe. Hawthorne against Hawthorne at the MCG. That was a ripper where they lost by about a goal. They lost to, was it the Bulldogs where they got absolutely slammed on their home deck last year? Yep. And I think one more. Uh, the year uh, before they had uh, Brisbane. Not in a prelim because Brisbane haven't played in a, yeah, in a final. Bris- uh, you're right, actually. No, was it against Melbourne maybe? Uh, I think Geelong, Richmond. Geelong, they played oh, Geelong. Geelong. We beat them. Geelong. It was over there as well again, Yeah, it was it? in Port Adelaide too. Yeah, Geelong so beat them pretty two, easy. So. Two, two Adelaide Ovals that they Has he done enough to keep their job? Like, you know, do you, obviously they finished finished strong at the end of the year, but they definitely let themselves down early in the year. Ken Hinckley, he's been there 10 years. Has he done enough to keep the job for next year? I know I'm asking the wrong person. I should be asking Koshy, but... Yeah, you are asking the wrong person, but I think he should have been gone already. Mm-hmm, uh, I agree. There's just... Too much that's happened. The first six weeks, you can't really come back from that. They sit, what, two games outside of the eight. They're no chance to, to make the eight uh, this season. So you just say, you know what, Ken, you've served us well over the 10 years. You made your three things. You've had your chances, which he's been given more chances than some other coaches in, in the AFL he history. He has, has, definitely. Um, so he'd be, maybe he'd be perfect for GWS. <laughs> maybe it is time to uh, go along and, and get someone new. But you've got to have someone on your radar and know that you can get someone that's going to do a better job than Ken Hinckley before you just go, all right, we're going a full rookie. Well, surely surely you'd sack him and, you know, surely they're, they're in talks with Alistair Clarkson. Like, if you put Alistair Clarkson in that list, a ready-made list, you know, they could make a couple of small strategic moves, you'd have to make the call, wouldn't you? You'd have to apologies, be like... Apologies to the, um, the Adelaide faithful of Behind the Boundary podcast, but Alistair Clarkson's a very smart man. He does not want to go and live in the city of churches where there's absolutely nothing to oh, do unless smallest. Adelaide or Port Adelaide are well, playing. He wants to go, wants to go down to Tasmania. Like, I know I'm going to offend the other half of our <laughs> listeners in Tassie. But sorry, Greg. But, like, Tassie and Adelaide, much of muchness. <laughs> much, well, much of muchness there, Pez. No, because he, he likes Tasmania least, a little at bit. At least Adelaide's got a footy team. He likes it a little bit. He's going to go to North Melbourne. <laughs> going to go to North Melbourne <laughs> where he played and go down to Tassie 4-5 six times a year, maybe 11 if they end up taking the deal to to go down there. Mm. All right, I think we've talked enough about Ken Hinckley, Pez. Let's get on to, you know, something a bit more close to my heart. And uh, obviously, Gary Rowan's cousin. Gary Rowan's cousin's Ken Hinckley. Did you know that one? A little bit of a fun fact. Let's, okay. let's talk about the Cats, Pez. <laughs> uh, but let's actually, let's, let's more talk about the Bulldogs, Pez, because first quarter, uh, it must have been the magic number on the weekend, 42, Pez, because the, the Bulldogs were in control 42 to nil. At one stage during that game, and wow, did the Bulldogs look like they had returned to form? We just talked about Melbourne hitting stride at the right time. Bulldogs, we talked last week that this is a danger game. This is exactly where they want to be, and of course, because they went off, they went went home and won it, didn't they? Yeah, well, this is a game where I was all over Geelong, and you had to be. Geelong at a dollar thirty-three, I think, earlier in the in the uh, week. Just 
the way the Bulldogs came out and, and fired, they had Norton up the ground marking the ball. They were getting inside forward 50 easily. Waitman was getting space inside forward 50, kicking, kicking snags in that first quarter. And Geelong just hadn't woken up from their afternoon nap yet. And it was a bit cold for them down in Geelong. Some of them had to change into the long sleeve jumpers to warm up and, and go into the crowd with the, the old grandmas there and get the knitted blankets over them at quarter time and just wake up a little bit sauce because uh, Geelong actually came back and absolutely dominated and slaughtered the Western Bulldogs because the Western Bulldogs just fell off the face of the earth with their uh, contested ball and, and Aaron Norton, I don't know where he went, he was probably with the, with the grandmas not during the actual game because he, he disappeared but... Uh, credit to Geelong. I, I really loved how the Bulldogs came out, led by Libertore in the in the middle of the ground, one of the best players in the AFL, I think. And they just couldn't keep it going. It is hard to do down in Geelong, especially on an icy cold Saturday night. And uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say there about the Bulldogs. Yeah, enough about the Bulldogs. Let's talk about the real the real uh, story here. Is that we talked in the last bit about Melbourne turning it on at the right time. It's rare for you to see, especially a Geelong team coached by Chris Scott, to be able to turn it on during a game. I have to give Chris Scott credit. This year he's been incredibly um, you know, great in his game plan and managing. But Pez, the adjustments he made mid-game, which is something that we haven't seen from Scott, especially in finals, was great. You know, he made a couple of real cru- crucial moves and, you know, he put Blitzars in, into the ruck for a little bit, put Stanley, you know, not Stanley, sorry, um, put uh, Dangerfield back into that midfield, floated him up forward. They made a couple of really great, great moves that really changed the, the impact of the game. Joel Selwell was fantastic in his 350th pairs and it's, it was a great celebration for that. Something that I, I, I didn't talk about in the pod last week, didn't get enough uh, chat in the media leading up to his 350th. He, he goes past as the most captain's um, sides ever, most captain wins. He had break so many records in a champion in Geelong, but disappointing that they didn't really talk it up in the media the week before. Oh, there was, yeah, there was a little it bit out enough. there. but um, Not compared to Pendlebury the week before. Yeah, but, uh, you know, not a Melbourne club uh, out there out there in Geelong. Our home ground is the MCG, Pez. You don't get spoken about unless you're on the Geelong Behind the Boundary podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Joel Selwood, congratulations to him and all that. Now, he has been scrutinised a little bit in his career for the, you know, the technique of winning free kicks, but not as scrutinised as, as the new new bloke, Jack Ginevan, for, for Collingwood Footy Club. And uh, Joel Selwood's been able to do it fairly, been able to do it. And if you play if you play against him and he does it against your team, you're absolutely hating on the bloke because you're like, oh, man. But it is the tackler's fault and he's been able to do it. He came out in 2007 when he got drafted, won the premiership, won a couple more, and then captained the side, and it's just an amazing stellar career. The bloke... Uh, you go nah, sorry, I was just about to, about to echo what you were saying. Yeah. Stellar career, Pez, and it was good to see that the fans got to celebrate him because he had no one there for his 300s yes. yeah, during the COVID yes, stuff, COVID. and it was really, really great to see all the fans be able to embrace him. You know, I think one of the, the great bits of vision is is him after the game walking, you know, being chaired off, and there's a little kid there who's got the $350, a $350 jersey. It wouldn't have been worth that Jeez. much in the Cats. It's probably <laughs> knitted from his nan. Uh, $350 jersey, and he had the bandage around his head with the, the blood, and that, <laughs> that's the iconic, you know, Joel Selwood, a tough, f- courageous footballer, three-time winner of it, and it's, it's great to see a champion team get up for a champion in these games, and, and that's what you want to see. Look, it's it's not ideal that he's remembered for you know the headband, but he's always the courageousness. He's aspects. always got it, and he's so courageous that everyone that's watched Joel Selwood would remember a time when he's been knocked clean out. Like uh, I remember a time at the MCG, he was on on the half forward flank, opposite side of the ground to me, and he just got hip and shouldered by I think it was a St Kilda player. And he just head goes back, 
gets knocked out, bang. He, he wants to stand up and keep playing, but obviously he's gone. It's and the it one where he basically so many goes at right angles, yeah, straight and down, straight and then down. you see him get up straight away, and it's yeah, like unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, just toughness and. And it's pretty remarkable to think about. I mean, as you said, we are a Geelong podcast, so I'll try and keep it short about talking about Joel Sell. But it's pretty amazing to think about that he went seven, had two major surgeries yep. on his knee before he was 18, and the way he's managed his body and been able to be, you know, obviously he walked into a very successful team from the start, but to hold his spot as an 18-year-old yep. all those years is incredible. Play nearly every game in that first oh, season. Incredible. And go from there. Because if he got drafted to a, a lesser club like a North Melbourne or something... You, you don't know where his career is going to be. He's no, obviously no, still going to have not. a great career, but you, you don't know if it's going to be as... He's probably not making the impact accolade. that he makes with the other people around him, but hey, that's the luck of the draw. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's great. You know I'm probably going to push you away from speaking about Geelong, but I'm not because I want to speak about uh, Brad Close because he's easily becoming one of my favourite players to watch. I, me- I messaged you a, a text on Saturday night, just Brad Close with some love hearts because... The old purple love hearts. I just could not believe how good this guy was he kicked one goal three source but he had 19 touches and one of the moves that you didn't speak about was when brad scott puts him a kick behind the ball just to shore it up down there and just just to make that kick and you want him kicking it to you inside forward 50 if you're jeremy cameron or tom hawkins yeah pez and and, you know i didn't talk about that move you're right because it it seemed like such a a, a, not a a meaningful move but it made so much impact across the ground and seeing him run around in those long sleeves pairs oh geez it brings me back to to some of the champions of the game of uh you know bartell the way running around there but he's got a lot more finesse than the bartell and that's a weird thing to say obviously about a brown low medalist pairs but he's electric he's a great kick and he seems so have to have so much poise for a young player unbelievable it is and Really looking forward to watching him against the Saints this week, and uh, he's going to tear tear him apart a little bit because uh, because the Saints are struggling at the moment, and we don't really need to speak about them from round twenty because their game was absolutely horrible against Hawthorne both ways. Well, that's why I thought you were looking at plugger highlights, looking back for your last <laughs> time you guys won and played some good footy. So yeah, is, that, is that what you were doing? Oh uh, no, I was looking. Uh, I was looking more so on Saturday night at Adelaide Oval when um, Carlton a massive opportunity to cement a final spot under Vossi's first year and. Uh, Adelaide Crows just uh, towed them up by 29 points. Yeah, it's pretty hard to believe, Pez, that three weeks out to finals and we are going to be talking about Carlton uh, possibly missing the finals because they 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 blew a, a golden opportunity, Pez, to cement a final spot. They had to beat Adelaide who have, you know, they've sort of been bubbling a little bit. They've been trying to put it together and they haven't been kicking accurately enough to be able to stay in games, but... This was absolutely disgusting, Pez. They, they broke a record for for broken tackles, missed tackles, um, you know. And Vossi came out and just, and absolutely ripped through them, and and they they'll put this one behind them, Pez, and move on. But uh, mentally, this is a huge loss for the club. And they're run home source. They've got to win it one is game. Tough. They've got to win one game to cement their spot. They're in in charge of their own destiny here. They go up to the Gabba this week to play Brisbane after giving up a forty point loss at the MCG. You probably say going it's a back loss. home, You'd back home as loss. well. Then they go to the MCG to play Melbourne, who, who are hitting form, hitting form, back in form, coming up big, to big finals. game, big game. And then it might be to get into the finals for Carlton the on old, a Sunday, old rival, three twenty at the MCG against Collingwood. Who'll be going uh, for thirteen straight by then? Who might be playing for a top four spot? Could be playing for a home final, finish fifth or sixth. We don't know yet. But wow, Eve <laughs> Carlton. Lose the next two games, and it gets down to that last game, and the Bulldogs or Richmond or someone can, you know, come and threaten the spot of Carlton. It's going to be pretty dangerous for them. 
It'll be a really real shame, Pez, because you know Carlton this year have uh, really put th- put things together. Early on in the year, they were the Collingwood of the early on, where they, they kept winning those close games. They beat Richmond, they beat uh, someone else of the Doggies early on in those close games, uh, and then as the year has gone on. They've been hit with injuries, pairs, and, and their game plan has got some questions in it, the way that they, they sort of, you know, run forward a little bit. Their forward line has um, has been, I guess, okay. It's been kicking goals here and there. Their back line has been depleted, and they've done really well to, to hold a top eight spot. But for them, if they don't make a top eight, pairs in, in the year that it has been, and the success that they've had and the growth they've shown from last year... An absolute cross, and some questions will be asked at Carlton. Yeah, some some injuries coming at the wrong time as well. At the end here, like Charlie Kerno's had a stellar season. Harry McQuay, yeah, he's he's going up forward, kicking some goals as well. But uh, they just need those players in the middle. They need Walsh. They need Cripps. They just need to stand up, take a game against Adelaide by the scruff of the neck, and just win that game. But now they need to win one of the next three, and they'd prefer not to leave it to round twenty three. So, are you going to have an upset against Brisbane or Melbourne? Uh, they've got to they got to try really hard to to pull something together, and that makes a difference, Pez. Is you know we talk about this every every year for for the end of for the for end of time. We'll talk about this. Good teams find a way to win, even when they're playing poorly. So you take this game, and if they'd won by a point or a goal kick, and everyone would have gone, oh, you know, like they they probably you know they 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 played horrible, and we'd be talking about their performance. But you know what, they won. They would have been cemented in the to, final eight as well. Yep, yep. But for them to to be blown out, Pez, and that's what it was, and they were never in this game, Pez, not at all. Like, you know, Adelaide were... They didn't even kick inaccurately. 8-7 to have 15 scoring shots against a third-bottom side, Pez, who was looking for their third win of the season. It's just not on, and some alarm bells goes off, Pez. They'll review the tape. They would have already reviewed it. They, they've said that they've put it behind them. You know, I like what they... Uh, they, they didn't hide away from it in the in the, um, the press conference. I can't remember who it was. It was like, we know this week we'll need to bring our mouth guards. And that's good, so they know that they need some stuff to work on. But... <sighs> It's a tough, it's a tough run home, and it'll be a disappointing end if they don't make uh, finals. Yeah, you've you've got to back them from here, being a, a game clear of eighth <laughs> and two games clear of uh, of ninth. But uh, we'll, well, we'll see how they go. Pez, I, I've gone on the old squiggle, the unofficial uh, sponsor behind our our beverage sponsors, Pez, and uh, the ladder predictor. If they lose, they lose. They win one of those games, and a couple of teams win. I've got them actually finishing ninth. If they only win one, yep. Wow. Who goes above them? There's got to be two teams. Richmond and the Dogs Oof. on their run home. Both get in. All right. Well, the, dog, the Dogs have a, a very nice little run home. Pairs. All right. In, very interesting to see. So uh, <laughs> wait wait for that here. Uh, round 20, we're still going to talk a little bit about it, Source, because this is the, the betting part of our podcast where we where we get in and we've had a, a very good 2022. 20, uh, but let's have a look at round 20. There's no official review. Floor's yours, mate. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm waiting for the good intro, Pez. I was, uh, didn't want to disappoint and uh, make our listeners turn off after my disappointing. Like, we just talked about we just talked about how Carlton and how disappointing they are after a great start to the season, Pez. And I feel like I was talking about myself because I had a great start to the season, up many units. I backed myself last week. I went ultra big, probably a little bit too cocky with with how I was yep, going. Yep. And wow, wow, did I get brought back to reality? So you're you're the Carlton. What am I at the moment? I reckon. I don't know. What team would I be? <laughs> who's, on, who's on top? Geelong. <laughs> Geelong. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Oh, look at you. Look at you. Geelong man, hey? Is that going into the St Kilda versus Geelong game and you're a Geelong man. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, first game was Fremantle versus Melbourne Source. Now, 
I had a, a three-plus league same-game multi here, under 174, over 134, and Melbourne plus 29. Uh, no good. No, nah, no good, Pez. No, uh, no good at all. Uh, uh, too low, the score. Way too low. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't help me, did it? it was did cross. not help you. It, it was, was a cross, uh, Pez, and I was a little bit worried for you when the weather report uh, said it was going to be pouring with rain. Yes, because uh, we, did, we did our bets on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday, which we're doing it again tonight. Yep. So. Do be aware if you are going to follow along any of our bets uh, and the over and unders, we are doing it on a Wednesday when the forecasts aren't always as accurate, especially if they are Melbourne games as well. Yeah, definitely. I had uh, two bets in this one, Pez, and it was disappointing for me. I had uh, three men on the nose. I thought they were uh, going to bring a little bit more than they actually did uh, not to be. <laughs> yep, thanks for, the, <laughs> thanks for the sound effects. And the other one I had was Clayton Oliver to get more disposals than uh, Andy Brayshaw and sound effects for me, Pez. Jeez, tagged out of the game. <laughs> tagged out of the game. Didn't Brayshaw uh, have it on a string even though in the losing side? Yeah, he had 30, Pez, and Oliver had 21. Uh, looked really, really disappointing. So there was four units, Pez, but I had a little bit of a, a secret uh, saviour on the night. I had my uh, my Bet Nation, uh, any team to win by 40 for the, for the, for the round. And uh, about third quarter, I, I texted you and I thought, geez, I'm in trouble here. And then you're like, oh, hopefully we keep it 1 to 39. And I thought, oh, hang on a tick. I've got my 40 plus bet here. Uh, willed that home pair. So it was a nice little collect for me with 1.6 units on that one. So uh, I was very excited for that in person. I thought, you know what? That might be a good start to my weekend. Yeah, maybe maybe a good start maybe after not. the four <laughs> units in that game and go from there. But Collingwood, Port Adelaide, I had a bonus bet. Port Adelaide straight up to win. And. Uh, they were plus six and a half when I placed this bet, and if I had done that, I would have escaped with the win, but it uh, wasn't to be because I thought Port Adelaide were going to win this. I was wrong. Red Cross. See you yeah, later. Yeah, Pez, I was in the exact same boat. I had a three-leg same-game multi. The over and under hit the middle of that one. Lovely. But the uh, the Port Adelaide to win should have gone the line, Pez. Should have, could have, would have. Uh, already down six units going into not even the, the, the three o'clock game on the Saturday. Not looking good. Six units down. That Jesus. Is, uh, that is shocking. But uh, Sydney versus Giants. I stayed away because I didn't trust Sydney. But uh, That's because you have no brothers, Pez. Looks no like brothers. I should have. Because you, uh, you didn't want to beat up on your adopted brother. I told you exactly what would happen, Pez, that Sydney would have beat up on their uh, adopted brother. No, like you should have put two units on I should instead have put of your little bonus. I should have put ten units on my like, Jesus Christ, I would have saved my round. But that was a nice little bonus bet, Pez. Free money, free money. So <laughs> didn't yeah. even make up a unit in the return. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still down uh, still down 5.1 units. <laughs> You've got to take it when you can now. St Kilda versus Hawthorne. I was very nervous here because I had either team to win by 24 or less. Brad Crouch to have 20 plus over 136. Those last two legs got up easily, but... Tom Campbell was named in on Thursday night and I was thinking the CEO of St Kilda possibly would step in and be like, hey, you can't play Tom Campbell here. He's, he's been a player delisted from the Bulldogs. He's been delisted from North Melbourne. And he's been delisted from those clubs for a reason. He came in and played for St Kilda one week and it was one of the worst performances I'd ever seen. This guy cannot play AFL footy. I, I don't know if he can coach or do anything else, but um, maybe he has to look for another job. Please do never play him again. He didn't play. He was a laid out, which was very, very good. Um, but that means St Kilda led by 40, 40 plus. It was no good. But Hawthorne kicked five goals in a row to bring it back. And it was only a 12 point win. So that was a tick source. So happy with that. Yeah, I steered clear like uh, Tom Campbell should have apparently steered clear of. Uh, <laughs> he was still clear of this podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ, poor bloke got a baking. 
<laughs> Poor bloke celebrating an AFL win and uh, about wow. to be delisted by a third club. Jesus Christ, cop that. Uh, we'll move on to the other game that was on there, the Geelong Western Bulldogs game. And if Geelong had turned up in the first quarter, Pez would have had a win. I had the over one sixty three and a half, and it was uh, finished at one fifty seven, one sixty, I think it was. So I fell three short of that one. Had the plus seven and a half, pretty easy. And Tommy Atkins, my man, a regular Pez in our bet slip to get fifteen or more, and I'll give you a hot tip. He makes an appearance this one, still a dollar thirty. Ooh, so I uh, I had Tom Atkins for 15 plus. Yeah, I love Jaws uh, Pez. Stengel for two goals, he got it. And uh, Geelong just to win the match. And 286, a unit on that, bought it back. And when you bet on a disposal market and you bet on a player to get 15 or you bet on a player to get 20, isn't it just so good at the end of the game when they actually just get that number? Because that means their price isn't going down by that much. Because if they get 25 or 30, their price is going to plummet. But there we go. Another win for me. Woo! Told you last week, Pez, I loved your bet And uh, it oh, was yes. amazing We used that graphic last week I wish you didn't ramble on for so long It would have sounded better But did you really enjoy seeing Stengel Two of my main men at Geelong, Pez Perform uh, This week, surely you got close in there for a guy um, Oh, we'll have to wait and see For the, the main event of the pod But uh, Adelaide <laughs> what, Your bets <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now that you're a Geelong man Exactly right Adelaide, uh, Carlton, uh, none, none for me Nah, I had none for that game, Pez. Uh, we move on to the, the Battle of the Coasters, uh, Gold Coast and West Coast. And Pez, I was, I was really excited about my bet when I turned on the telly and uh, Gold Coast were absolutely dominating West Coast. I was at the pub, no surprise, watching the footy, playing a bit of cards. And then uh, I looked down at uh, losing the card game and I'm like, oh shit, well, how's, the, how's the footy going? And uh, West Coast were up by a goal. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm losing everything here. No Josh Kennedy, Jack Darling. Decides to come up, kick six, and yeah. Yeah, Gold Coast only ended up winning by three points in the end. Sort. And it was a struggle, but you know, as we talked about with good teams and the teams that need to win, doesn't matter how you win, they got the win. Unfortunately for me, Pez lost a unit. <laughs> yeah, R- Richmond, Brisbane. Next. Did have a bonus bet though with it. Um, all right. Yeah. Well, I got to celebrate something this week round, Pez. Uh, Richmond versus Brisbane. Now, my original bet that I had Richmond plus thirty three and a half, Brisbane plus eighteen and a half. Uh, over 154.5 alternate points. That ended up getting up very, very easily. Uh, $2.21, had a unit on it. But what I did on the Sunday, I had a look and had a look at the market on Bet365, the matchup disposals, which don't come out here on a Wednesday, but they do come out closer to the game. Now, Jaden Short versus Trent Conchin. They were both $1.90 and it was $17 for them to tie. Now, Source, Jaden Short's had a couple of uh, different roles. Cochin has beaten him and drew him three weeks before that. So, beat him twice. Uh, and was a draw once. I thought, you know what, Jaden Short's going to come out. And he's going to play in defence. Brisbane are going to get the ball down there a little bit, but they're going to struggle at the MCG, and he's going to bring the ball out. Didn't end up happening. Trent Cochin was everywhere, able to beat Jaden Short very easily, especially when he went forward. And I ended up throwing two units on that and eating into my profits for round 21. So uh, not happy with the loss, but I made the wrong call. It did make the wrong call, obviously, Pez there. Uh, you know, got a little bit greedy, but uh, still, you know, it's not bad having one win. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the win. There you yeah, go. I, had three you lo- I had three losses in this one. Uh, I was looking great, Pez. I had Brisbane minus 16.5 and, a half and a first quarter, 42 up. Thank up you a little lot. bit. Zach Bailey was everywhere in the first quarter. He had nine in the first quarter. And I thought, oh, geez, he's going to get his 20. And Sucked the over one sixty six and a half Pez, I thought, well, this is, this is going to be absolutely money for VBs. That's and, uh, yeah, wow, did that hurt. Uh, Zach Bailey went off with a, with a head injury, a concussion. $8 as and well. And uh, Brisbane lost by uh, a goal. So, Shit. No. <laughs> no good. We didn't have anything in Essendon and North to, to finish off the round source. But my multi, uh, over four legs out of that. So my cheeky 10. Oh, uh, you did the source multi? Yeah, the three the three <laughs> overs in Port Adelaide to win. Uh, 
was a no good. So the cheeky 10 uh, goes to bet 365 there. Cheeky 10, Pez. Uh, I had uh, I had all reliance on Brisbane in this one. I was pretty confident oh, they'd get the geez. chocolates there. Sydney to win, Gold Coast to win, and Brisbane. And Pez, geez, I was lucky to escape with a bonus bet halfway through that Gold Coast uh, that, game. That <laughs> could have uh, saved your round if Brisbane had have actually won. Bailey didn't get summed out, but... Uh, it didn't happen. Yeah, would have, uh, could have, should have, Pez. And I'm making a lot of, lot of jokes about how terrible my round is, Pez, because sometimes that's what you got to do when you're betting. Sometimes you're just going to go, you know what? I, I had a bad had a bad round, put it behind me, laugh it off, and uh, I'll make up the money this week. Yeah, well, that's what you hope to oh, do. I've got to hope so, Pez. Um, I, I ended up putting 6.4 units out with uh, the, the two units. We'll see, I put down 12. Brought, <laughs> brought back 7.57 units, so a small profit of 1.17 units, so... You weren't happy with your round source. I wasn't too happy with mine, uh, but my year to date, 186.4 units out, 264.06 units in, and a profit loss of 77.66 units, which a couple of listeners probably in uh, disbelief when it keeps coming up and keeps growing week after week. Yeah, the small wins, Pez. You weren't happy on your gold standard, the Geelong uh, culture and the Geelong standard way of uh, 1.7, but hey, Pez, four points is four points, and you're still on top. Me, unfortunately, had a, had a roughie, Pez, so 12.6 units staked, only returned the five units, uh, minus 7.6 units for the loss. But Pez, overall, as I said, I'm happy to you know put that week away. I've reviewed the footage you're on the. Cal- on the you're still in the eight. Um, in the eight pairs, and I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to recharge. I've reviewed. I've worked out what I've done. I've gone back some safe bets this week. Staked 150 for the year pairs. Returned 178. A profit loss of 19.24 pairs. An ROI about 20. percent So still, still where I'd like to be. Obviously not. Uh, not hitting great uh, form heading into finals, but there's you know three rounds to go, and I'll, I'll bounce back this week. Well, round 21. Let's get into it. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxie. Do you, want, do you want some as well? And I, I said... Straight into the specials, Pez. No screwing around here. Cyril takes a special and goes bang. Well, here we are, Sportsbet, with their uh, bet returns for every match. Ladbrokes uh, and Neds haven't changed from last week, but they did make a change. So if you didn't hear it last week or see it at Behind the Bound on Twitter, they've got the three-plus same-game multi at Ladbrokes. Uh, one refund per day on Friday, on Saturday, or, or on Sunday. $2 footy lines on Friday and Sunday only. So the Saturday games, you're going to get $1.90. And they've got the AFL Mega Multi, four plus legs. Uh, one legs fails, you get uh, a bonus back. Neds, they've got $2 lines on Friday and Sunday as well. Early payout if the, your team leads by 20 plus at halftime. And their same game multi bonus back, one per day, but it's only the two days source. It's the Friday and the Saturday, not the Sunday. Bet365 is as normal. Now, Tab, very happy um, with Tab. They've got the head-to-head multi special, three plus legs. And I think, uh, oh, a little typo there. It is the same game multi-special, but they've got the three-plus legs this week, source, not four. So they've brought it back down, Tab. So very happy with uh, Tab this week for the same game multi. Uh, Moneyball, same game multi-offer, still the same. Alternate account, I still couldn't see anything, source. You got anything to add for Moneyball? Nothing at all. All right, Blue Bet. They've got the 12-point up. They've got the multi-bonus. They've got the footy multi-bonus. They've got Bluey's goal scorer Bonanza as well, source. So five or more of these players. Did this win last week? Do you know? Nope. It didn't win. It didn't win. And we didn't like it last week. No, we liked it the week before, but didn't like it this week. Didn't like it this week. So this week you've got uh, Jack Ginnivan, Jack Gunston, Bailey Smith, Cameron Guthrie, Chad Warner, Patrick Cripps, Ollie Wines, 
five or more to kick a goal. And I think what Bluebet had done here is they've given normal goal kickers in the first week. It got up. And then they've gone, all right, we'll give you a midfield goal kicker and only three of them have to have to miss for us to get our money back. So I don't really like it this week either, Sauce. Uh, one, two, three. Crips. Yeah, no, I don't like it. There's two there that you'd probably be definite in. Ginnivan and the rest. Of and Chad, yep. Chad Warner's been on fire lately. Yeah, but he is a midfielder and it's, he's not guaranteed to Who's the, to who's the last or? It just says or for me. Ollie Wines. Only ones, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they're not known goal kickers as midfielders. I thought it was they just all pick before. your own. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll pick my own. Oh, yeah, yours looks a little bit different to mine. But there's the specials. We'll see what comes up in our bet slips. We will, Pez. All right, straight on to the uh, where all the money is made, Pez. Hopefully this week uh, we're an absolute cracker of a round, Pez. Let's get into round 21. Melbourne taking on Collingwood. 290 outsiders are the pies. $1.39 favourites are the Ds. Minus 16.5 is the line. Over under 154.5, Pez. Surely Melbourne this week They stop screwing up everyone's tips And they put Collingwood back in their place Yeah well Sunday I put out my bet On, on Twitter at Behind the Bound Because I wanted to get behind the line here source. So uh, you already know what my bet is Because it, it was posted on Sunday So I locked in Melbourne for two units And I put my bonus with lads from last week On the same bet uh, because I thought that the number would rise, and it has. So what's the line at the moment? 16.5. I got it at 12.5 here. Uh, posted there, so if you follow us, have notifications on, you would have got the same thing, and you would have jumped all over Melbourne. I got minus 12.5, uh, two units at $1.90, and then I've got my bonus at $1.90 as well. Minus 12.5, so I was happy with that. Yeah, love that bet, Pez. Uh, I don't even mind the line at minus 16.5. I think Melbourne do an absolute number. I think it grows still. Yeah, Teams I think will come I, out. I think uh, it goes to 19 and a half. I, th- I think it'll probably settle about 18 and a half, so they're not too far off, Pez. Uh, I've got a three-league same-game multi. I've got Melbourne alternate handicap plus 18 and a half. Over 149 and a half, Pez. Just a little shy of what the over-under is there. And then the under, 184 and a half. I've got 50 bucks on that one, Pez. Two units at the odds of 265 with my bet return on uh, Neds. Sorry, oh. not bet return, with the uh, three-league same-game multi. There you go. Friday night footy, huge crowd, MCG, nothing better. Yeah, nothing better at all, Pez, except for the next game. We head down to Tassie for Hawthorne taking on the Gold Coast Suns. $1.94 outsiders are the Hawks. One ninety favourites are the Suns. The line is basically a pick and Pez, 0.05. You can work either way. Over under 165.5 is the total game points. Yeah, now uh, what, what I'm going to speak about a little bit here, it's uh, it's pretty even in the odds here, Source. And uh, they're kind of a pick and Gold Coast season Uh Pretty much done, you would say, even with the win over West Coast. So, what have we got to play for? Who's who's well, going to? They need to win two games. If they can win two out of their three, if they can win all three, they make finals. If they can win two out of the three, they they get very close. And so who have they got? They have got Geelong. They've got Hawthorne, and they've got North Melbourne. So they should be able to get two of those. Should be able to get two. Geelong in game. Gold Coast next week. Um, so they need to win this game by a lot. I think. Yeah, they just need to do it. Now, Hawthorne two weeks ago, Jack Gunston came back. He kicked I don't know four goals, five, four goals, six, five, something five, like four. that. Yep, 5-4. And uh, he, he played last week and Callum Wilkie gave him an absolute bath and uh, he got one goal over the back with a little uh, toe on the line, but uh, he was taken care of. And I don't think Gold Coast can do the same thing. So I don't usually do this, but I've had to get cheeky. get this cheeky oh, here down, early. down in Tasmania. So I've gone alternate points over 156. Now, in Tasmania in years past, it's been a little bit lower because they've been played at night. The weather's been a bit crappy. Now, this game played during the day, the scores have been really high, even when North Melbourne have been involved. There's been some plus 200 plus points. So I've gone over 156 with the alternate points. I've gone Jack Gunston to kick two goals down one end and Isaac Ranking 
to kick two goals down the other source. Gold Coast Suns plus 21 and a half. And uh, Giath for Hawthorne, 15 disposals in that back line as well. That's $5.63 all up. I haven't just put the point four cheeky on it. I've put a unit on it at Lads. Jeez, Pez. Yeah, yeah, you don't mind a little... Uh Little cheeky there, gone very early in the pod as well, which uh, I don't mind. I tend to agree with you, Pez. I think the game could be high scoring, but because it is at Tassie, I have just played it a bit safe. I've gone a three league same game um, multi with Neds, and I've put the under in there. Put the highest and under uh, highest under that we could one ninety six and a half with the dollar ten dollar thirteen sort of market to make yeah, sure that you I'm can eligible. Get, you can get higher than that, but yeah, you can go up to, it goes up to about two hundred three, and it's a dollar one. But then I don't get my bonus back if it, one league fails. I've gone the alternate handicap Gold Coast Suns plus twenty nine and a half. As I said, I think that they need to win this. They they will see finals as a hope, and they you know Geelong at home for the Gold Coast Suns. They'll see that as a winnable game. They will, I think that they'll do number on Hawthorne so I've also put them in for the win pairs 25 bucks one unit on $2.28 with Neds one leg fails and bonus back there you go now they burned you last week and Gold Coast seemed to be one of your favourite sides to bet on so we'll see if they can uh, get back in your good books here they didn't burn me last week they still got a win oh you didn't get you didn't get a win well they got a win <laughs> it doesn't help you all right, speaking of teams, uh, well, actually, I'm not talking about this. Essendon are playing someone, and Essendon are $1.73 because I refuse to talk about them, I told you, Pez. Uh, the other team is $2.11, minus 4.5, Pez. There's no more orange paint for these guys because they're no longer contenders. 169 is the line, Pez. Total game points. Of course, you're going to talk about the other team because I'm not going to. No, all, all I'm going to say is uh, a few weeks ago for the new listeners out there, the source said... Uh, the Giants still had a chance to make finals and they have been absolutely horrendous since. Uh, it was like a month ago. Don't now, say it was a couple of weeks ago. Now, what I thought, Source, with the Giants, they actually had a free reign for the first couple of weeks under Mark McVeigh and they came out and they scored heavily and then they've been focusing on uh, not hitting targets out of defence and turning the ball over. Good strategy, good strategy. Getting scored heavily against but not actually scoring themselves. So I'm staying right away from the Giants on the overs uh, or the unders in anything I do, but I'm staying away from this game in total because uh, with Essendon involved as well, no thank you. Cheeky! No, it's not cheeky. No, no, mine's cheeky, Mine's cheeky, but it's not really because Essendon have no opposition. I've gone Essendon to win by 40-plus points and Essendon to lead every quarter. $10 bonus bet on it, Pez, of uh, cracking odds of $7.71. They get that easily against the buy. (laughs) He's gone the quarter by quarter and 40-plus, all right. Yeah, 40 by 40 on its own, absolute bargain at 560. You can get that, you can eat that right up. It's at 40 plus at 560, is yep. it? Yep. Okay. Yeah, well, that's pretty good for me. It's no one. Oh, your favourite team. You're wearing orange right now. All right, on to Saturday night. It's a, actually, it's a, it's, it's a, a, a faded red. It's for the Gold Coast. Huh? wasn't talking about your jumper. I'm talking <laughs> about your hair. Oh, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to the Saturday night game. There's the, uh, sorry, not the Saturday night game. The afternoon twilight game. Western Bulldogs taking on Freya. This should be an absolute cracker. We will learn a lot about sides here, Pez, and this will help shape the top eight uh, quite profusely. $1.50 favourites are the Doggies. Two what? S- <laughs> 260 <laughs> outsiders are the, are the Dockers. Minus 11.5 is the line. Over under. Pez is 163.5. Don't worry about being a wordsmith, Pez. Just tell us about it. You lose 7.6 units and uh, you can't even speak. Uh, The doggies playing at home, uh, they're they're quite heavy favourites, which is uh, against Fremantle. It hasn't happened lately at all. Now, my my bet's a little bit. Little bit different. I've gone the team total points here, and the reason I've done it is because the Bulldogs, as a midfield, 
uh, absolutely dominant, uh, and they've got a really deep midfield. And what they want to going to want to do is they're going to want to play fast footy. They're going to try and score. The way Fremantle have to win this game and bounce back is they have to bring back their defensive game yep. and focus on their defensive structures. So that means low scoring and not just low scoring for the Bulldogs because the Bulldogs might be able to get past it and might still be able to score very highly. But I've gone Fremantle's team score, team total to be under 74 and a half points because I think that they have to focus on defense. They need to continue to try and they're not going to, with their forward line at the moment and what's happening, away from home at Marvel Stadium, I don't think they can get over that that score there. So that gives me a dollar ninety five. I've put two units on it at Bet three six five. Yeah, that was an email uh, that just went in and telling you that you're wrong. So oh, I agree with what you're saying in terms of the game will be score or scored low, and I agree what you're saying. Actually, the Fremantle low under the what did you say under seventy six and a half, seventy four and a half. Yeah, but you I, just said I, I was wrong. No, I, I, I'm wrong about it. the result. I, I, I don't think that the doggies will be able to to get it done. I think Fremantle will be able to contain them. They go back to the drawing board. I think the Western Bulldogs will you know. I think their true colours came out last week, Pez, in the way that they crumbled under a little bit of pressure. Geelong being a great defensive side. Fremantle, when they're up and running, being one of the best defensive sides in the league, I think they'll focus on that offensive game a little bit and they'll be able to be able to score against uh, you know a high-flow, high-flowing um, free football that the Western Bulldogs play. I've just gone the rest of my bonus bet, Pez. I used $10 on Neds. I split it and put $10 oh, bonus catch on the on the um, the cheeky for the last game. And I put the rest of the 40 down just for a man to win uh, at $2.60 just on uh, Neds with the rest of my bonus. Okay. So you're just splitting it around so you don't have to fork out any real cash again this week. I see what you're doing, but you don't agree that with me that... Fremantle are going to go under. I think they, they can oh, still no, no, win I, I, and go under. I think that they will go under. I agree with you. But, you know, I, I, you said at the start that you think that the, the doggies will be able to... I think to, I think the doggies take this one. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think that they'll be... I think I actually agree that they'll stay under, but I think that they'll contain the doggies as well. Um, you know, the last couple of weeks, you know, Hugo uh, Haley has been absolutely amazing. Jamara, like, he, he's not going to keep that form together. Uh, whilst I'm concerned a little bit how Fremantle score... I think that their defence stands up and they can get the chocolates against Freo. Yeah, against with the doggies. Too many weapons in the midfield and forward line for mine for the doggies. But uh, let's uh, agree to disagree and the, the betting will do do the talking. Yeah. It will, it will. <laughs> <laughs> it will do the talking. <laughs> All right, on to the Saturday Night Clash, Pairs. This will be an absolute cracker. Both of our favourite teams are playing the Saints. $1.13 for the Cats. $6.05 outside is the highest in the round, Pairs. Minus 33.5 is the line. I take it back, Pairs. Your North North Melbourne, they're at $8.07. But St Kilda not far behind in that one. The over-under, 153.5, Pairs. The Saints playing down at Alphabet Stadium. <sighs> 33.5 seems quite low. I uh, didn't even listen because I have no interest in this game. I actually didn't even know the odds until you, you said them there, Source, because uh, this game just scrolled straight past it when I was doing my bet slip today because uh, uh, St Kilda, absolutely no chance with the way they've been playing. Yes, they got a win against West Coast and, and Hawthorne, but uh, unable to do anything with their lineup at the moment and uh, just very disappointing. Yeah, I'm really torn in this game, Pez. Because I actually put a bet down in this game and then realised I'd also put a bonus bet on this game and not realise that. So I've got two bets down in the game, but they all require the same thing. So put I'm, them through. I'm just, no, I'm not going to put them through because that's silly because if one gets up, it's just throw away money, Pez. But I've got something for the listeners to, to have a listen to, the, the Pez special. Just the Tommy Atkins, Tyson Stengel and Brad Close. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> right, so Tyson Tinkle to get two. Brad Close, uh, anytime goal scorer. And Atkins, my man, to get 15 or more. That was the first bet I put down, Pez. Uh, $3. Um, <laughs> You've got to stick with that. For three legs, $3. That's 50 um, Pez. But unfortunately, I put down a, a bonus bet, which is Tommy Atkins to get 15, Tyson Tinkle to get two goals, and Geelong to win. So uh, that gives me odds of 225. I got the bonus bet. But well, you have you to take your bonus. I'm going to put them both down. I was going to say, if you weren't putting them both down, I was, t- I was still in your other bet. Yeah, I'll put them both put down, Pez. Uh, so that, that'll be $50 on that one. But it's funny because when I did that one after your message you sent me last week, I thought, oh, I'm going to st- stitch him up here. I'm going to go two for Stengel, Atkins, because I was talking about how much I was loving your bet last week. And he said close. I'm like, I'll put that in. And then realized that I had my uh, bonus bet already down on something almost identical. So uh, not great betting my me, Pez. But hey, it's all a bit of fun here, isn't it? Uh, yeah, a bit of fun, and uh, we try and make a, a healthy profit as well. So, uh, what, what, what do you get within though, Pez? The Saints? Uh, they, they knocked them off. They knocked off the Cats earlier. That was their last loss, actually, against the Saints. Be good to get within six goals. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Yep. I don't think it happens, though. <laughs> right on to the other Saturday night game. This will be an absolute cracker, Pez. You might be able to look over at the pub when we're watching the, the, the Saints and Geelong uh, to this game, have a little bit more interest. Port Adelaide taking on the Tigers. 167, Port Adelaide at 222. Minus 6.5 is the line over under 150.5. Pez, I know you're all over Richmond in this one. No, 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 no. Um, you are. Come on. No, my bet doesn't say that because I'm quite torn on this game. I, I think it should be a little bit closer in the betting. But Richmond having to go over and travel, they've, you know, lapsed within games last week against uh, Brisbane uh, a couple of times as well. So I think Port Adelaide going home, they they need to win. They need to say goodbye to Ken Hinckley on his, uh, you know, goodbye tour. And I'll Say got, goodbye to Motlop as well, champion. Yeah, Motlop retiring this week. Uh, so I've gone the, the total, alternate total, under 180 points, uh, a night game over at Adelaide Oval. I, I don't know how it's going to be too high scoring there. Either team to win by less than 24 and a half points. So a close one. And if a team wins by four goals, great. If a team wins by three goals, great. Any more than that, uh, no good for me. <laughs> uh, and just the third one, I had to put a third leg in and I put Port Adelaide plus 24 and a half, which doesn't mean anything because the other bet literally nothing. That. It's just a bonus literally insurance. nothing. Just bonus insurance because if that does happen and a team wins by less than 24, but it's scored over 180.5, I still get a bonus. So uh, just insurance purposes there. And uh, that, that's my bet. $2.07. I'll put a unit on it at Ned's. And who do you think wins, Opez? Richmond have too much on the line. And I think they win by a couple of goals. Okay. I have not put anything down in this game specifically, but I have used uh, this in one of my bonus bets for my multi. Um, so I have got Port Adelaide in there. I think that they... I think they have enough talent there, and Richmond, whilst they were impressive in half a game of footy, they've been too inconsistent over the last month. They've been really disappointing in some of those close games, and I think they dropped this one, Pez, and their, their finals hopes are in a little bit of jeopardy there. I know that draw saves them. I thought earlier in this thing you said Richmond and someone take over Carlton. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I just says that I think that they have not been in great form. It doesn't mean I still don't think they'll make the finals. I just think that it puts their in a little bit of jeopardy. They lose this game, win the next two, so Carlton have to lose all three. They'll still be above Carlton. Okay. Yeah. 
Mr. Mr. Squiggle, uh, ladder predictor's got it all under control, Pez. Yeah, the man from the moon. Here we go. Here we go. Dream big. All right, speaking about dreaming big and people from the moon, we get to North Melbourne. Uh, North Melbourne, $8.60, Pez, because the way that they are playing is out of this world at the moment. doesn't even uh, resemble anything of football. And if you thought uh, Sydney beat up on their adopted brother, oh, imagine they uh, imagine how they're going to beat up on their cousin from Tasmania. So seven <laughs> favourites are Sydney. Minus 45.5 is the line. Over, under, 172. And a half. Sydney are just getting a nice little run at finals. A couple of good beatdowns, a couple of good ways to get the morale up, Pez. Uh, minus 45 and a half seems really low considering what uh, Sydney did last week. Who would win in a fight? A kangaroo or a swan? Uh, probably a kangaroo, I'd say. Yeah. What if it was uh, in the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the kangaroo would drown because its pouch would fill up with water. So the swan would probably win because it'd be the last one alive? Then maybe that's what will happen this week, but I'm steering clear. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm steering clear as well, but I'm really glad that we went down that, uh, that whatever the hell that was. Hey, listeners, stay tuned. I've got a, I've got a pearl of a sauce at the end for him to think about during the week. Oh, Jesus, here we go. All right, speaking of an absolute pearl of pairs, this it will be another game that will really shape how the top eight pans out. Brisbane dollar forty two favourites against Carlton Blues two ninety outsiders minus fourteen and a half is the line over under one seventy six. Pez, Brisbane at home, you'd have to say they get the job done, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you'd you'd have to say they've got to bounce back. They're playing at home. They're they're comfortable down there. Uh, you said they've only lost one uh, this season. Yes. So what I've done is I've gone a three-leg same-game multi. I've gone for a little bit of value and a little bit of odds because uh, I'm, a, I'm a up 77 units or so. I'm trying to have a little bit of fun. And uh, a little bit of fun here is Brisbane minus 14 and a half, the $2 line. So the $2 line makes that a, an even better bet. Over 145 with the alternate and uh, Cam Rayner. To, to pop up and kick a goal, uh, whether he plays midfield or whether he goes up forward. Took a really strong mark last week at the MCG and kicked a nice goal. So hopefully he can do something like that again up at the Gabba. Uh, $25 stake, uh, which is a, the unit here. We have $3.43 source with lads. Yeah, I actually really, really like that bet, Pez, because I've done something almost identical. I have gone with uh, the, the line. I've gone with – oh, no, I haven't actually. Sorry, wrong bet. Uh, I've steered clear with this one, Pez. Steered oh. clear. Beautiful. The other one I was tossing up with was uh, Lincoln McCarthy, but him for a goal isn't much value, but him for two goals, I think it was about 220. So if you want to have a bit of a punt and a bit of a risk, uh, Lincoln McCarthy for two. Uh, Pez, I, I like this game. I like the line. I like the uh, just the not even the alternate total points. I think the 176 is quite low. Uh, and I think if you can pick any of those goal scorers about the dollar thirty for Brisbane, they're going to pile it on uh, and love the odds. Haven't bet on the, them specifically in this game, but they are in my multi pairs. Dollar forty two for Brisbane at home, a team that should be sitting top four after a win last week. Yeah, they I need love it. That. They need it. Love it. Um, but Carlton need it as well, which makes it the end of the AFL season. So. So good. Yeah, but the Carlton are so depleted, Pez, that they're going to really struggle to string that together, and especially after a disappointing Show performance last week. Not in Brisbane. They don't have it. Don't have it, Pez. Ticker. All right. All right. Speaking of ticker, Pez, uh, we hold, we finish off the round with an absolute cracker. Head over to Perth for what will be Kennedy's last game, Pez, at SBS Stadium. West Coast taking on the Crows. Dollar ninety seven outsiders are West Coast. Dollar eighty seven favourites are the Crows. Minus one and a half is the line. Over under one fifty eight and a half, Pez. The question everyone's asking about this game, Pez. All the viewers want to hear your opinion, Pez. Who won the trade? 
<laughs> no one wants to hear about that. We're not talking about that shit. Um, we will talk about the game, though. Uh, in Josh Kennedy's last game, maybe West Coast, they've shown glimpses of in games where they play 10 minutes, play 15 minutes, can actually pile on some goals. And can they do it against an Adelaide Crow side who are full of confidence going across from Adelaide Oval? Uh, but they have been known to, you know, drop off in games and actually get smashed in a few. So this is a, a very flip of the flip of the coin type game when the teams come out. I might lean one way or the other. I don't know who I'm going to tip yet at the moment, leaning towards West Coast at home. Uh, but that can change at any minute. And I don't know if I'm even going to put a bet out at the end, but steering clear for me. Yeah, Pez, I, I tend to agree. I think that um, you talked about Ticker in the last one. I think that uh, the Perth faithful will get out for this game. They'll pack that stadium. They will uh, see off a, one of their legends, a premiership player. You They'll know, probably have the umpire. Leading, leading, leading goal scorer for, for their club. You know, he's kicked 700-odd goals, you know, three, uh, 293 uh, games for them, a uh, stellar career. There's rumours as well that you, Elliot Yo could come back, make his return, which I think puts West Coast ahead of Adelaide just on uh, on form alone. West uh, Adelaide had their win last week. They'll be uh, they'll be you know they'll put their cues in the rack and go right. We got that last win. We, we've done our bit. West Coast will look for their win. Uh, I've gone them nothing in this game, but I've done the my bonus bet that I talked about before with a multi. I've just paired them up with Port Adelaide dollar sixty seven and two bucks. My bonus bet on that one that gives me odds of three thirty four, which is my bonus bet for the little multi there. Okay, yep. take it. So your multi's done. Uh, the bonus multi is done, yes. Best. Bonus multi's done. So you're going to have two multis. Excellent. I'll, t- I'll tell you my multi with the three plus leagues. Yeah, you've only tab- got one multi? Just one multi this what week. Uh, Melbourne's win on Friday night at $1.40. I've had to put Geelong in there at $1.14. Um, not scared to bet against my own club source if it Love means it. trying to make Love money. It. And Brisbane at $1.42 against uh, Carlton there. All, all up, that's uh, $2.26. Just put the two units on at tab with one fails, get a bonus back. Pez, that's an absolute rubbish multi because I've gone absolutely so much better than yours. Odds of 228, Melbourne, Geelong and Brisbane. Put 50 on it. 228, Pez, kicked your ass with two cents. So let's hope that gets up, Pez. No joke. That is the exact same multi that I've done. When did so you put it on? You're in trouble. Uh, it says here sixteen fifty two. So what's that? Four fifty two. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on after you. So the price dropped after you put it on. Oh, mark changing the markets, Pez. Oh, <laughs> moving markets. Moving here, markets behind the boundary. <laughs> hey, but Pez, that's uh, that's really really concerning for you. <laughs> oh, I, haven't, I haven't I haven't hit a multi in a while, so you're, you're in strife. That's uh, that's ridiculous there. Now, I don't know if I've asked this on the pod before, Source. But, probably have. Um, I pro- actually probably have. But uh, we've got new listeners anyway, so it's all right. But something for you to think about. You don't have to answer now. Um, I am going to sign off. But in the entire world, are there more cupboards or wheels? Think about that. You can give an answer next week. On Pez, peace out. There's more cupboards. Oh, it's already, already got an answer. Sorry, you signed off, mate. This is my time to already shine. Already got an explanation? Yeah, cupboards. Not everyone has a car. A car? Yeah. What are you talking about? Not everyone has a car. I didn't say cars. Car wheels? Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying cupboards? What classifies as a cupboard? Anything. That's Any, a cupboard. Anything? Well, then there's definitely, there's there's a cupboard there's definitely, definitely more cupboards. Anything that's a cupboard. What's your definition of a cupboard? What's your definition of a cupboard? You're the one answering the question. You're the one asking the question. Yeah. This is great listening here. What do you think? 
You think cupboards? I think I need a classification of what cupboards are because if a cupboard is a space that has a door that holds items in it, then there's definitely more cupboards. So a door, if it holds items in a room, like an actual door, no, that's not that's a cupboard. not a cupboard. But if it's like a its own sort of structure, so like you know, I would say a like linen a cupboard is linen a cupboard, cupboard a kitchen cupboard, kitchen cupboard. Yep, I'd say a pantry is cupboard. Yep. What about like a glove box? Wardrobe's sort of a, like cupboard. a cupboard, isn't it? Glove box is not a cupboard; it's a glove box. Well, you don't have any gloves in there, and you put like a beanie in there. <laughs> it's exactly the same parameters as a cupboard. It's a beanie box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm still sauce. We'll catch whoa, up whoa, next whoa. time. You think cupboards, though? I do think cupboards. I just want you to think. You said people don't have a lot of cars. Yeah, I realized that. Hot halfway, cars. I realized halfway through that that yeah. Well, then if the same same thing for like toy houses. There's cupboards in houses. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I think. Keep thinking. I, I think Keep thinking. You need, I think you need to think deeper about it. Do you know the answer? See you guys next week. Do you know the answer? I'm counting in this week. I'll get back to you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm still sauce. We'll catch up next time. And as always, if you're having a punt, geez, don't listen here because you'll just find facts about cupboards and wheels.